0: Hello and welcome to Device Week, the weekly podcast on MedTech Insight. I'm editor Marion Webb, and with me today is editor Reed Miller and our UK based reporter, Barnaby Pickering. We'll start with Barnaby. This week he wrote a piece covering cognitivity, a company that believes it has a tool that could help with trillions of healthcare cost savings. This sounds pretty major. What's going on there, Barnaby?
1: So underlying cognitivity is some research from Cambridge University. Researchers were looking to create a tool to measure cognitive function that is totally independent of language and education level. What they came up with was a test where a patient sits in front of a screen and is shown images. These images appear for a fraction of a second and either picture an animal or something else. If the picture is an animal, the patient presses one button and if it is not, the patient presses a different button. Researchers found that this relatively simple process could be applied to measure cognitive function in pretty much any patient group.
0: And what's the healthcare application here, Barnaby?
1: So the researchers had this tool and they knew it could measure cognitive function, but at first they did not have a use for it. However, at some point they realized that cognitive function, as measured by the test, tended to decrease with age and that this decrease happened decades before other symptoms of decline showed up. From this, the company Cognitivity was born. The company has demonstrated and obtained FDA approval to use its test, which is called Cognica, in diagnosing mild cognitive decline, a symptom of Alzheimer's disease that shows up decades before the rest. Right now, neurology is in this weird spot. For most degenerative conditions, the best treatments we have are lifestyle changes. A better diet, quitting alcohol and more exercise can all slow decline in patients. But on the near horizon, the next two to five years, a number of disease-modifying therapeutics targeted at neurological conditions are expected to be granted approval. The recent approval of aducanumab generated controversy, but this whole field of medicine is only just emerging. Moreover, a big part of this controversy is focused on whether or not the drug works. We know drugs work better when given sooner. So the hope is that more intelligent diagnostic tools go hand in hand with emerging drugs to improve patient outcomes. This, according to Cognitivity, is where their tool can take a role. By diagnosing Alzheimer's patients early, cost savings in the trillions can be made.
0: Thanks for that. That's a potentially valuable technology that we'll have a lot more about. Let's shift now to Weed. Um, who has covered cardiovascular tech for a long time. And last week, Boston Scientific reached a major milestone in the development of less invasive cardiac rhythm management. Reid, what can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so Boston Scientific is now clearly in the lead to be the first company to offer a truly modular cardiac rhythm management system. Um, In particular, they launched the trial of their new modular system, which includes both a subcutaneous ICD and a leadless pacemaker. So the way uh, implantable defibrillators usually work is the patient gets the generator device, which is implanted just under the skin, but the leads that it needs to actually shock the heart are transvenous and they go right into the heart. So as you know, probably from reading lots of stories about recalls and so forth, there's a a problem with the lead and that's not that uncommon. It can cause a lot of complications, even fractures or, or it doesn't work. Now Boston Scientific for a while now, has been selling something called the Emblem SICD, and the S there stands for subcutaneous. So those leads uh, are not nearly as invasive, um, and therefore, if they have a problem, the adverse events are not as great. And they've been on the market with that for about eight years, and it's done very well for them. Like 100,000 patients have had it. Now, the the problem with the SICD is that it can't do a lot of things that a standard transvenous uh, ICD can do. Most importantly, it can't deliver any kind of bradycardia pacing or anti-tachycardia pacing and a lot of the people that need an icd to shock them out of an arrhythmia also need that kind of pacing it's just the way the heart works so a lot of cardiologists who have somebody who needs an icd will just go ahead and put in the transvenous icd because they expect that eventually they're going to need those leads to deliver um, pacing functions anyway so the sicd would would just be kind of postponing the inevitable So what Boss Scientific has done is they've created this thing called the Empower Leadless Pacemaker, and that can deliver pacing for bradycardia and tachycardia. It's very small. It's not very invasive. Um, And so the idea, therefore, is that if you have somebody who just needs an ICD, you can just get the SICD, knowing that, you know, should they need pacing later, you can just add this little Empower thing, and that will cover that need, too.
0: So other companies are working on less invasive pacemakers. What makes this different?
2: Yeah, so Medtronic has the Micra, which is uh, a, a not less invasive uh, pacemaker that does anti bradycardia pacing. And Abbott is also working on something called the Avier for ventricular pacing. But Empower, it will be the first, according to Boss Scientific, that can do bradycardia and tachycardia pacing. And it also communicates with the SICD. And nobody really else has really the kind of two part system. Yeah, so Boss Scientific is sponsoring the modular ATP trial uh, in about 500 patients at 50 centers. That's sort of the big breakthrough that they announced in the last week. They finally got that trial going. That started at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio and should have results in about two years. Now, beyond that, the investigator from Cleveland Clinic I talked to said he expects that someday they'll figure out ways to have these little modular devices that can do all the things that other CRM devices can do. For example, right now, there's no less invasive way to do dual chamber pacing, and there's no way to do it Uh, with this modular way to do resynchronization pacing, but eventually they could figure out a way to do that. So the idea is that to avoid having these more invasive leads and to avoid giving patients uh, a device that can do a lot more things that they don't need yet just in case. The idea is that in the future they can just uh, put in something that just does what the patient needs then, knowing that they can always easily add something later as it comes up.
0: Thanks for that. That's a big change for that field, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it soon. You can read all of these stories and a lot more at medtechinside.com. Right now, we're featuring a few stories built around the MTI 100 annual list of biggest medtech companies. We'll also have the Digital Health Roundup that covers the highlights from the exploding field of digital health. So look for that. There's a lot of news from the FDA, of course, and more news from Europe about their regulatory upheaval. The Archive of Device Week, the Digital Health Roundup podcast, the speaking of medtech podcast and the rest of informa farmers intelligences podcasts are available on the informa Pharma intelligence channel on apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud TuneIn, spotify podcasts and via smart speakers if one of these platforms has been set up as your default podcast provider you can find us on twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm MadTech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N. Read is at MedTech Read with two E's. And Barnaby is MedTech Barney, B-A-R-N-Y. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week.